John chapter number 15, John chapter number 15, verses 1 through to 8, the Bible says that I am the vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the words which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If anyone abides not in me, he is cast out of the, as a branch and is withered. They gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. Hallelujah. I want us to read verse 8 together. Can we read it together as a family? Ready? Go. Hallelujah. He says that by this, the Father will be glorified when we bear much fruit. Last week I was saying to you, for the purposes of uh, what we are talking about, is the fruit of Christian maturity. The fruits of Christian maturity. Hallelujah. And last week I started saying to you that God is in the business of the fruits of Christianity. Amen. We are in the business, or most of us want God to bless us. And we, all, we are all about blessing. And God is all about fruits. Amen. Amen. How many can understand the difference? God is about fruits. We are about blessing. And if you like, the blessing of, <coughs> that we have, or we get from God, is the watering of the, of the tree. Let's say I'm, the, I'm the, the farmer. All I'm doing is to pour water, pour manure, <coughs> dig around it, prune it, for a reason. <clears throat> the reason why I'm doing this is so that it will bear fruit. I am interested in the fruits. But, but the, 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 the fruit would not make sense, or the tree would not make sense to the farmer if it will not make sense to the farmer if it doesn't bear fruit. Hallelujah. It will never make sense to God if we are Christians and we are all about God blessing us and we never ever do what God wants. And what God is about is fruitfulness. Amen. And how can a tree bear fruits unless it abides? Hallelujah. A tree can only bear fruit unless it abides in the vine. Because without the vine, we can do nothing. This is what the scripture is saying. Abide in me and let my words abide in you. I was saying to you last week that when the tree is just about to bear fruit, it, the, the roots go deep so that it can draw more sap, more nutrients, more water. How many have seen some trees that don't have nice fruits? Some trees don't have nice fruits. And they are, they, 
it, it doesn't matter how good a farmer you are. If your trees don't produce nice fruits, what do you do? You cut them off. Amen. There's a scripture I want us to look at, Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6 from 43. The Bible says that, For a good tree does not bear bad fruits, nor does a bad tree bear good fruits. For every tree is known by, the, by its own fruits. For men, do not get, for men do not gather figs from thorns, nor do they gather grapes from bamboo bush. Hallelujah. How many understood the scripture we just read? A good tree will bring forth good fruits. A bad tree will bring forth bad fruits. My question to you, ask your neighbor or ask yourself, my question to you, what type of tree are you? We just read that we will know the tree by the fruits it bears. Amen. So if we look at the fruits that you are bearing as a Christian, it tells us the type of Christian you are. Amen. In this day and age, we like talking about God blessing us. God giving us, God prospering us, God healing us, God uh, giving us a new job, a new car, a new house, a new husband, and all those type of things. It's like we go to church, all we hear is that God give us new things, new things, and we are always about the blessings of God. But what is in it for God? I said, what is in it for God? How are we pleasing him? Last week I was saying that if you are, let's say you are a maize farmer, and you plant a lot of maize, a lot of corn. You've bought the land. You've used tractor to till the land. you fertilize the land. You've spent so much money buying, uh, what do you call it, corn seedlings. And you've planted acres and acres of corn fields. And then it comes all green, big. They look big. The tree stems look big. It looks green. How many have seen a picture like that? But no fruits. Do you think that the farmer will be happy and will be clapping for himself that it has big stems, big uh, branches, but no fruits? Hello? How many, how many can see the picture I'm trying to draw? Can you find a, a, corn, a corn plant without um, corn cups on it for me? It, it, it is a type of Christianity that this day and age we are exhibiting. We are about God's blessings without substance to show for God's blessings. And the scripture we read is saying that God is giving us the nutrients, is giving us the manure and the food and the water so that we bear fruit. And this is how you can bear fruit. You have to stay in the vine. You have to let the word of God abide in you. Because without God, we can do nothing. <clears throat> Amen. Without God, we can do nothing. Hallelujah. So with that, we started talking about Christian maturity and the fruits that it produces. And I said to you that there are stages that the tree goes, goes through, isn't it? We talked about the bed stage where the seed goes into the ground and dies, and it brings forth fruit. The second stage is the childhood stage. How many remember? Then the, the youth stage, the adulthood stage, the parent stage, senior saints or seniors, um, gray head stage. How many remember that? 
<clears throat> and then we went to the glory stage. Amen. So we talked about that last week. And then I started giving us some of the fruits of Christian maturity. The first one, we, we read from Philippians chapter 1. Let's rehearse it very quickly. <clears throat> Philippians chapter 1 from verse 6 to 11. The Bible says that being confident of this very thing, that he that has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Just as it is right for me to think this of you all. Because I have you in my heart, in as much as both in my chains and in defense and confirmation of the gospel, you are all partakers with me of grace. For God is my witness, how greatly I long for you all with the affection of Jesus Christ. That, and this I pray, that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge all and in all discernment that you may approve the things that are excellent that you may be sincere and without offense till the day of jesus christ hallelujah being filled with the fruits of righteousness which <clears throat> are by jesus christ to the glory and praise of god and that uh, we focused on verse 9 i gave you the first fruit he says that and this I pray that your love, somebody say love. love. Your love may abound still more and more. The first fruit of Christianity that God is looking for you. You know, we are ambassadors of Christ, the Bible says. Which means that we are representatives of, of Christ on, on earth. If anybody wants to see Jesus, they can see Jesus through you and I. Amen. And the first sign we said that we know the, tr the, the tree by the, the fruit it produces, isn't it? We know them by their fruit. The first sign that God expects you and I to exhibit is love. Hallelujah. God is love. The essence of God is love. And if we are Christians and we are made in his image, then the first thing that we need to exhibit is love. Amen. So Paul is saying that I pray that your love may abound. The word to abound means be established and be overflowing. Anytime we see you, we must see the exhibition of love. We must feel the type of love. Amen. In case you are wondering what type of love I'm talking about, I'm not talking about sexual love. I'm talking about the love you can find in 1 Corinthians 13. Love that does not take account of wrong. Love that is sincere and genuine. Love that is kind. It's patient. It doesn't vaunt itself. Love that is not boastful. Love that bears all things. Endures all things. You know what it means to endure? To endure means to be in a place where you are suffering without complaining. Somebody stepping on your foot with all their weight. And it's on your, your cone, your banyan, and it's really hurting you. But for the sake of love, you decide that I am not going to complain. Not just at one, one instant, but for a long time. Hallelujah. This is a type of love that is missing in, a, in, in the believer today. So as for me, I love God. 
but as for my brother, I hate my brother. How can you love God you haven't seen? When you hate your brother, you see all the time. I am telling you that the day you see God, you hate him. Hallelujah. How do we exhibit love? When you see somebody in want, do you give them? When you see your neighbor in need, you know, a, a, a lawyer went to Jesus one day and said to Jesus, what is the greatest love, the greatest commandment, you know, you know, being legalistic, he wanted to know the greatest commandment. So he asked Jesus, Jesus, that the greatest commandment is that you shall love the Lord with all your heart, with all your might, with all your soul. And the second is, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And the lawyer trying to justify himself said to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Who do you call my neighbor? Can you be more specific? And Jesus said a man was moving from one town to the other, from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among thieves, and they stripped him. The Pharisee came and passed on the other side. The priest came and passed on another side. But the Samaritan stopped and took care of that injured person. He treated the injured person as he would want to be treated if he was in the same predicament. That is what God means by us loving. Would you treat your brother the way you want your brother to treat you? See, most of the time when we come to church, all we hear is what God will do for us. But I want us to focus on what we will do for God. You are not blessing somebody because they will say thank you. You are not being kind to them because they, when you need favor, you can go to them. No, but you are being kind to them for the sake of God. Bible says that do all, all things as unto God. This person is ungrateful, I know. This person who, who if, it was, if the tables were turned and they were in the place of helping you, they wouldn't have helped. I know that. But you are not doing it for their sake. Love is very expensive. Hallelujah. How many are in love? They know, they know, Pastor, they know. Okay. And how many of you agree with me that love is expensive? They know, they know. You have to go to some, some restaurants that you don't budget. You, you didn't want to go, but you have to go. Yeah, your last penny. You, you call an Uber for her and, and walk the rest of the journey home. Uh... Uh, how many know what I'm talking about? No, don't yeah. Yeah, no you are in church. You won't, you won't, you plead the faith. You go and buy an expensive gift for him or for her, and you go without. But God is commanding us through his word that we must do the same for even those who will never give us anything in return. And those, who will not marry us. those who will not even say hello. <laughs> hallelujah. Amen. Oh, I say hallelujah. Amen. How, how, how would you want somebody to treat you? Treat them the same. You want somebody to be nice to you, be nice to them. You want somebody to help you, 
sow help for somebody. It's not the time to kick somebody when he's down. That's not Christianity. I don't care how much you pray in tongues. When we come to the fruit of Christian maturity, it is not about prayer and shouting. In case you thought I was going to say that if you, if you have a lot of prayer vocabulary, Lord, by the auspiciousness of your great, you know, all and congruous power, we ascribe and prescribe and circumscribe this day. No, no. This, is, this, this man is a man of God. You know, he has a prayer, prayer uh, language, language. language. And my God, today we come before your throne in the mercy of the no, 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 no. That doesn't make you spiritually mature. And I thank God for his mercies. If he hadn't been for the grace of Jehovah, I would never have seen the light, but thank God. God bless me. He delivered me from the Mary Clay and he set my foot on the rock to stay. Hallelujah. No, 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 no. Or how big your tongues are. Katundi abundi abandi. Mazuroto makere mazanda. No, 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 no. 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 That is not Christian maturity. Oh, look at you, sister. But I can see. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. This morning, when you woke up, you had a bowl of rice. Yes, God. No, no, this pasta is very, very powerful. No, it's not. And you are going to wear the yellow bra, but you chose the red. Hey, how did you know? Yes, this pasta. No, 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 no. No, your telephone number is 0477345. Is it true? Yeah, powerful. No, 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 no. So this man is a man of God. He sees no. The fruit of the spirit is love. Because this same person, if you touch him the wrong way, he'll slap you. After all these great spiritual tongues, this person, you know, when you look at his character traits, there's nothing godly about the person. How can a good tree bring forth bad fruits? Mm. Is it possible? Mm. Hallelujah. And he said the second thing is the same scripture we are looking at. Uh, Philippians 1 verse 9. And more in the knowledge and all discernment. The second fruit of my Christian maturity is the being able to discern, spiritual discernment, to be able to tell who is real and who is not. 
Hallelujah. He is saying to the people, I am praying for you. This is Paul praying for the church in Philippi. He said, I'm praying for you that your love may grow. As you mature, let your love grow. And not only that, let it grow in the knowledge of God and in discernment. So that you'll be able to decipher between what is good and what is bad. Remember the, our root scripture that we have been reading, that is uh, in uh, uh, Ephesians, isn't it? Ephesians 4. He says that, that we no longer be children tossed about to and fro by any wind of doctrine. When we are blown this way, we go here. When we are blown this way, you know, uh, some time ago, the blessing it came was a uh, laughter. When the, the uh, Holy Ghost falls, everybody starts to laugh. We laugh, 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 and go home. Then it got to a point when it, the, the, the Spirit falls, we all dance. Yeah, but how does all those things bless us? How does, how does that impact our lives? Do, do you get it? We, we've gone through all different phases. But how do you discern what is real and what is not? And, and you see, when a child gets a rubber, he puts it straight into the mouth because it's a child. How many understand what I'm saying? A, a, a toddler, two days ago, I had a toddler in my house. And I don't know what it was. I was, I was, feeding, I was feeding him his breakfast. Then instead of taking the breakfast, he took something else which was like a, a rubber and put it in his mouth. And I was like, that is no food. This is food. Then I realized that we Christians, when we are not mature, that's how we believe, we behave. Somebody will give us rubber and we'll eat it. Or we'll pick rubber and put it in our mouth. And despise the food that is there. We will not read the Bible for ourselves, but we want a, a false prophet Look at the prophet's shoes. And he's telling that you are going to just become a millionaire. I don't know why you are laughing. Let us stop being spiritual children. We, we are all about, and so we grow thinking that to be spiritual is to do all these gimmicks. See, when an adult sees this, it's not a, it's not a natural flower. It's too obvious. It's too obvious. It, uh, an adult from the back will see it and not come near it. Because it's, it's very obvious. Because they can discern between what is real and what is not. A baby will believe that it's proper flowers. A young person would think it's, a, it's proper. How many understand what I'm saying? But see, when you grow spiritually, one of the fruits that you must exhibit is discernment. Amen. Is to be able to discern. There's a scripture I want you to look at in uh, Hebrews chapter 5, verse 14, I think, 14 or 16. Hebrews chapter 5, let's go there quickly. Are we, are we being blessed? Hebrews 5, 14. It says that, but solid food belongs to those who are of full age. That is, those who are, who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern between what? Good and evil. Amen. When you are spiritually matured, one of the signs or one of the fruit you exhibit is the fruit of knowing what is good and real and what is not. Am I talking to somebody? 
Yes. You need to learn how to discern. And the only way to learn how to discern is deepening the knowledge of God. So Paul was saying that I want you to grow in the knowledge of God so that you are able to discern what is good and what is not. Amen. I believe that this church, we, we should be able to decipher that go past all the shouting. Go past the, the way the pastor is sweating and dancing and shouting and gyrating. No. And know whether what is, what is coming out is spiritual or not. That's what makes you spiritually matured. Amen. Oh, I said amen. amen. Hosea chapter 14 verse 9. Bible says, who is wise? Let him understand these things. Who is prudent? Let him know them. For the ways of the Lord are right. The righteous walk in them, but transgressors stumble in them. Hallelujah. Righteous people, spiritually matured people, are able to walk because they are prudent. They can walk in the ways of the Lord because they can discern what God is saying. Can you know what God is saying as you are you being offered that job, do you know the mind of God concerning that post that has just been offered? Or you just pick the first the first uh, appointment letter that came. You have three guys after you. Which one? All three of them come to church. All three of them are interested in you. Which one? How do you descend between three? Similarly good people. Good, better, best. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. How many understand what I'm saying so far? How do you discern? Do you have the spirit of discernment? Babs said, test all spirits. You are walking in the street. Somebody calls you, sister, cross the road and come. <laughs> and then you cross the road. <laughs> and then the person says to you, I see and I hear something like, like, uh, like Cynthia, yeah. Cynthia, Cynthia. You are Cynthia, right? How did you know? Uh, I see um, um, you are, you come from, where you come from, there's a big tree. The tree has been there for 36 years. Half of it is bent. The other half is still alive. And it's in a place called Ilori. Il Il is it right? <gasps> How did you know? Um, your grandfather was called Adepayo Adedeji. Yeah. How did you know? When he died, he gave you three big plates of gold. And you have it in your safe. <laughs> How did you know? The safe has a key. The key is blue. <laughs> this is a man of God. The Lord says, I should tell you that those three talents of gold, your grandfather mixed witchcraft with it so that if he stays there no man will marry remember three men have come and so far they have all run away just when you are about to approach marriage <gasps> go and bring it 
to me so I can do spiritual cleansing. And then you two foolish girls, go and carry it and go and give it. And he said, close your eyes, I'm doing spiritual cleansing. Close your eyes, Jack, where are you? I'm doing spiritual cleansing. <laughs> By the time you open your eyes, the guy is not there. You couldn't discern right. You didn't have spiritual discernment. He sounds powerful. Bible says in the last days, there will be false prophets. And you see, false prophets operate with familiar spirits. And familiar spirits can do, they, they can say things. And what they are saying is true. These days, some pastors even go on Facebook and uh, Instagram and things and download Especially in a church where they, they are not going, they don't go, they, they are not, it's not their church. Then they download information, come and stand there, and pretend as if it's a prophecy. I know what I'm talking about. And we are so gullible. We fall for everything. Because we are, we are lovers of ourselves. We want to hear what will tickle our fancy. Hallelujah. Let us not be be spiritually uneducated. Hallelujah. God wants us to seek through the fog. The fog of many deceptions. You'll be able to navigate your way through. That this is a closed door. This is an open door. This is where I need to go. This is where I... No, this person I don't need to listen to. This is the church I need to stay in. This is not a place... No, like here, you see a lot of people, they go to a church. The church is a good place. It's feeding them with the right thing. They are spiritually growing. Then somebody comes and says, here, when you go, they'll give you prophecies. They, I went there. I did, my husband ran away. When I went to the place, two days later, my husband was here. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Let me move on before I get in trouble. <laughs> Let's go back to the scripture. <laughs> Philippians, we are in Philippians, right? Let's go back to the scripture before I get in trouble. Verse 10. That you may approve the things that are excellent. That you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ. The next one is holiness. Holiness. In order that you be sincere and blameless until the day of Christ. Being, having been filled with the fruit of righteousness. See, this is one area that Christians don't like talking about. Modern day Christians, we don't like holiness. Amen. Because as soon as you, we talk about holiness, all you are thinking about, don't fornicate, don't drink, don't steal, don't cheat, and all the don'ts, which is what we want to do. Amen. So we, 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 we shudder at holiness. But you can never tell me you are a believer that has been transformed or is being transformed when holiness is not part of your makeup. Hallelujah. A scripture in, uh, in Romans chapter 12 says that, verse 1 says, I, I, I beseech you by the message of God that you present your body as a living sacrifice. Holy. holy 
and acceptable unto God. Amen. You, are, you need to present yourself holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. The, the basic thing God is uh, expecting of you and I is that we become holy and become acceptable. What does it mean to be acceptable? To be acceptable means that you have met the standard. Amen. I said to be acceptable means what? Where the mark is, you have met it. The, the, the past mark is 50%. You have gotten 50% or you've gotten 51%. Amen. I, I, I'm, I'm just writing a book and uh, I, I was saying in the book that most of the time, because of the seeker-friendly mentality of the pastors, we've had to drop the moral standards very low so that it's easy for everybody to come in and feel comfortable. And by so doing, we have driven out the Holy Spirit from the church. How many understand what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm just saying that we have, by so doing, we have driven the Holy Spirit out of the church. Because the Holy Spirit cannot abide in a place where there's filth, where there's confusion, where there is a lot of death. In the beginning, the world was without form and void. And great darkness covered the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved. And when the Spirit of God came, he said, let there be. And there was. Order started coming in. Order started. See, when there's a, a, any place of disorder, it's a place of Satan. It's a place of demons. Any place of order is a place where the Holy Spirit resides. And most of the time, when you come to our church today, there's disorder. Why is there disorder? Because we have lowered the standard. Everything is acceptable. The person sitting in the church, he has three girlfriends in the church. The pastor knows, everybody knows it. The pastor has slept with all the young girls in the church. And all the elders in the church know it. And they are sitting there. And the pastor comes to stand and preach to the, the half of the people who are in the, in the left. He's cleared all of them. And the people in the church know about it. Hallelujah. You see, you are getting uncomfortable. Preach, Can you see you are getting uncomfortable with what I'm saying? Preach. But that is what is happening. You know, we have lowered the standard so low that there's no difference between those who go to church and those who don't. Those who go to church are stealing. Those who don't go to church are stealing. They inflate the contracts. And they come and pay tight with the, with the money. You don't like what I'm saying. See, the place is going quiet. You see, this type of preaching, we stop preaching it. The girl sitting there, she's just coming from her boyfriend's house. Hasn't been home for two weeks. Even the pastor now calls her in her boyfriend's house. Because the pastor knows that she's relocated from her own home to the boyfriend's place. And she's leading the, the, the choir. Hey. If the message is to you, say, hey. You hear it, you can't say. 
your life from Monday to Saturday was put on the screen right now. You can't have service. <laughs> you, 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 uh, you see me, I see you. I'm talking to you and I. Monday to Saturday, what happened if it was shown on the, t- on the TV right now? We intimidate. See, when we pastors are preaching messages like holiness and this, we squeeze our face to intimidate the pastor. To scare him so that he stops. The day the pastor preaches on holiness, that's the day we don't give tight. And the following Sunday, we won't come to church to show him that he, he shouldn't talk about some of these things. They bring a lot of fear in the church. There's a lot of fear. The church is, the, the pastor is afraid. To go there. They can't go there. They'll be still but I want you to know that I don't fear you. <laughs> I'm coming right there. I'm coming because of you, I'm coming down. I'm coming right there. I'm coming no right there. social distancing. I'm coming down because of you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Part of your maturity. You see, this next verse, verse 2 says that, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed. Which means that when you hear the message, it must change something in your mind and change your behavior. Hallelujah. And the more you change and change and change and change, the more you look like a child of God. The more you look like a mature Christian. Because when you are born again, it's only your spirit that is saved. Everything is the same. Are you with me? Your your soul, which is your mindset, your attitude, your behavior, is being changed. Your flesh is still not saved yet. Your flesh will be saved when your, this corruptible body is put down and you put on an incorruptible body. But your soul is being changed. That is why we come to church. Any day we come to church, we hear a message, it changes something. That changes our behavior. That changes our thinking. Then next week we come, it changes something. That changes our mindset and changes our behavior. Then it it keeps on changing and changing and changing so that we can say that the things I used to do, I do them no more. The places I used to go, I go there no more. The next things I used to do, I don't do them again. Why? Because as time has gone on and maturity is coming, I am changing and changing and changing to be more like the, the image of the Son of God. Hallelujah. Are, are you understanding what I'm saying? So we, we need to exhibit, you know, so what you used to do two years ago, after having sat in the house of God for two years, are you still doing the same thing? If you are doing it, then you are not being holy. See, holiness is knowing what, doing what you know not to do and doing it. I don't want you to go and start, as soon as you say holiness, because I don't drink, I don't cheat, I don't do that, means I'm holy. No, no, no. Holiness is knowing something not to do and not doing it. Holiness is doing what you know to do and you are doing. Hallelujah. So that a, holiness means different things. Because when you read the Bible, you see that even prostitutes, Became accepted. So if prostitution is what makes somebody defiled, just prostitution, then Rahab doesn't qualify. 
But Rahab knew what to do. And what to do at the time when the spies came to Jericho was to hide them. And by doing that, she became holy to qualify in Hebrews chapter 11. How many understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So holiness is not just, that shall not, that shall not, that shall not. So it's like, well, I'm struck, to strike three, that shall not, it means I'm holy. No. Or you look at yourself compared to your brother. And then you're holy because my brother has five girlfriends. I only have one. No. Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? Amen. So, are we putting holiness there? So, the first fruit is what? Love. Second one is what? Discernment. Third one is what? Let's go to Galatians. Let me give you one more and then we'll go home. Galatians 5. We are talking about the fruit of spiritual maturity, isn't it? From verse 22 to 23, I'll give you a plethora of fruits. But the fruit of the Spirit is what? Love. We've talked about love. Joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, and fruitfulness. Amen. So we've seen what? Love. We've talked about love already. Joy. Joy. You know, one of the carnal fruits of spiritual maturity is joy. When we say joy, joy is not the same as, as happiness. How many know the difference between joy and happiness? One is, I'm excited about something. It's based on something. It's based on the circumstance. I'm happy about this. I'm happy about that. That is happiness. But joy is a, a, a blessed assurance in you. That makes you cool. That makes you even happy in the face of contrary circumstances. You have this assurance that all things work together for the good of them that love God, that are called according to his purpose. You know, everything works. Even though it looks bad, it, in the end, it will work for me. So I have this assurance, and it makes me have this joy. That is, and the Bible says, the joy of the Lord is my strength. So that joy makes me strong because it makes me have faith that God will come through for me. That's why you see people who are running around, hey, 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 we are going to die, we are going to die, we are going to die. By June, we are all dead. <laughs> you know, and the people are just, hey, then you have the one who has a certain joy in their heart. Now, it doesn't matter what comes or what goes. I am assured of this fact. And then peace. Bible says, have peace with all men without which no man will see God. Have peace. Dwell in peace with everybody. Live peaceably with all men. Amen. Peace. I've talked about long suffering, which is love, isn't it? Patience. Kindness. Goodness. Faith. Faithfulness. Are you faithful? Are you loyal? Can we depend on you? One of the fruit of your Christian maturity is what you say must be exactly what you do. Hallelujah. Be faithful to your word. You promise that girl you'll marry her. Marry her. Hey. <laughs> Somebody's trying to hide somewhere. Look at me. I'm looking at you. What church is this? That the pastor is trying to intimidate. Uh, because I don't want you to intimidate me first. I'll intimidate you before you.
intimidate men. Gentleness, verse 23. Self-control. Listen, one of the best spiritual fruits that you can exhibit as a mature Christian is self-control. To be able to control yourself. Control your eating habits. Control your drinking habits. Control your sleeping habits. Control your sexual habits. Control your spending habits. Control, I'm looking through as I'm talking. <laughs> Control your... Listen, to control yourself means that self wants to do something, but I'll do the opposite. And it takes a lot of strength to control yourself. This attitude calls for an insult. But I will not insult. Because I am controlled. You go to work and then somebody annoys you. And rather than swearing and cussing at the person... You just control yourself. It takes more strength to control yourself than to shout and insult the person. Somebody will just cross you as you are driving. And instead of going to uh, bless you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Control yourself. And the Bible says, against that there is no law. It should not, you see, it's something that we, and see, I was wondering if the Bible is talking about fruit of the spirit. Why would it not mention anything spiritual? Like pro prophecy, prayer, deliverance. No, no. It says self-control. Self-control. Because the spirit in us, the spirit of God in us is wrestling and fighting with our flesh. So if you can control the flesh, it means the spirit in you is strong. The stronger you are spiritually, the, the, the less of insults comes out of your mouth when you are provoked. Hello? You didn't like what I said. Can I say it again? The stronger you are spiritually is when you are provoked, instead of cursing, blessing comes out of your mouth. You see, when you are squeezed, what comes out of you is what you are made up of. Uh, if you are a sponge and we squeeze the sponge, if soap comes out of it, it means the sponge is full of soap, isn't it? If oil comes out of it, it means the, the sponge is full of oil. If dirty water comes out of it, don't tell me the sponge is clean. This is what is coming out. By the fruit, you shall know the tree. So it's not how long you have just prayed. If we squeeze and dirty, slimy oil and water is coming out, you are full of slime. It's time for you to exhibit spiritual maturity by controlling yourself. When you have to insult, you just keep quiet. When you have to throw your hand, you control that hand, put the hand down. Hand, come down. Hallelujah. As your hand is going, you just catch it and bring it down. It means you are very strong. <laughs> Hallelujah. How many are becoming spiritually matured? Let me give you one last one as we go. Stand to your feet. Let's, the next one is, is, is still in this one. It's bearing fruits. 
fruit-bearing. 